It's Tuesday and a new episode of Their Pitch. Sweden, Germany, world. We are proud to present Hanna Glas as this week's Their Pitch player. Let's go! Hanna Glas is a right fullback who plays for Bayern Munich. She has earned 51 caps with Sweden and she played a huge part last summer when Sweden, for the second Olympic tournament in a row, reached the final in Tokyo. A game that gave Hanna and Sweden the silver medal. In the Swedish league, the Damalsvenskan, Hanna has played in Umeå and Eskilstuna United. She has represented Paris Saint-Germain and is now playing in Bayern Munich. And last season, Hanna became a German league champion. You are listening to their pitch, and this is the Hanna Glass episode. Before we get to business, I'm going to ask you, how do you pronounce your name? Because a lot of commentators, I mean, they will probably be like, Hanna Glaze, Hanna Glass. <laughs> how would you... <laughs> How do you say your name? Okay, I'll, I'll say this in, with a bit Swedish accent because my name is obviously Swedish too. Hanna Glas. There you have it. Simply and plain. We're here with a brand new episode today. Our guest is Hanna Glas. How are you feeling today, Hannah? Hi, uh, I'm feeling really good. I'm excited about this podcast and yeah, let's go. Hannah, you just came back from a German lesson. How was that? Uh, yeah, it was okay. Like uh, I already learned some German in school, so in Sweden, but I still want to improve and I'm not speaking like perfect grammatically or also my like how I pronounce it. So it's good for me to just keep developing my language part here too. And how are you finding it? Is it hard or? <laughs> well, it's okay because I already knew the basics beforehand. So yeah, but it's still, you know, it's a lot of things with new language. And when you know also English, like really good, it's also completely different. It just comes more naturally and I don't watch like TV series, like German TV series, or listen to German music that much, that makes it even harder. Did you learn any French while you were in France? Uh, yes, I did. It, that was completely different because I knew no French at all before I came there. And yeah, I struggled a lot in the beginning. But then after maybe six months, I kind of understood a lot, but it took almost a year before I like dared to speak or also know how to speak. And then you just said, au revoir, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost like that. No, but no, it was fun. Um, hard language, but it's still beautiful French. We do have a quote from somebody that knows you very well and plays with you. Okay. Did you read it beforehand? Because I wrote, don't look at this, with big capital letters. No, I haven't seen the quote. Yeah. Okay, okay good thing. But this is from somebody that knows you very well. And it says, I'm going to read it to you, and then you're going to have to guess who you think it is. Okay. And I play with that person right now. Yeah. Okay. In club or like national team or both? That's for you to find out. Okay. Hit me. <laughs> In my eyes, Hannah is a very complete fullback on the highest international level. 
She has fantastic qualities in her defensive one-on-one. She also has a very good technique and likes to combine with her teammates higher up on the field. She even has a very good left foot that can score once or twice. She used it against my team last season. Apart from that, she is an amazing person with a drive and a motivation above the usual. Who do you think that is? Well, my guess must be Magdalena Eriksson. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> she she kind of gave it away with the goal against her team. And yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, we actually, we tell them to put in a little something that can make it kind of, that can kind of, that can make you tell that it's them. Cause otherwise it could be anyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So we do, we do that. So as well as the technical analysis part, we also want to get to know you a bit because we feel like that's a big part of a footballer. Who they are on the field kind of reflects, maybe their personality reflects on who they are as a, on the field. Um, so we want to get to know you a little bit. Um, but you started your career in Dalmatsvenskan, obviously in Sweden. How, and then you went to Paris and now you're in Germany. How was that when you, when you first got a call from Dom, you were playing in Dalmatsvenskan to go play in France, which was, you know, one of the best leagues and still is, I would say. Actually, I was shocked <laughs> when I first heard about it. And also I was first told they were like interested in me, Paris. And I was like, wow, cool. But I thought like, yeah, it's never going to happen. Do they really want to play like me? I was just like playing my first games for like the national teams, like in the starting 11 kind of and having a good season with the, my club there, Eskilstuna in Damasvenskan. But I was like, yeah, of course I, I know I'm good, but am I that good? I didn't know, but I was shocked and overwhelmed, but obviously it was really cool. And yeah, it, at the end, it was a kind of easy decision for me. And, and when, and then when you, when you went, when you got to, when you get to play for, those really big clubs, do you, do you ever stop and reflect and you look at yourself and you go like, yes, I am that good. I, I deserve to be here. Uh, yeah. Like I try to do it more often than what I normally do uh, these days because now when I'm here, I'm really going to look back at this kind of part of my life and be really proud. But also I want to be able to enjoy where I am today and not just keep looking forward because you always want to have new goals, like new trainings, new games. But as I said, I'm trying to be better, to be more present and really try to enjoy what I'm doing and where I am today. You said that it was a no brainer leaving for Paris, but was it ever like a hard decision to like to get acclimated in a new environment and a new country? Uh, yeah, like definitely. It was also like, okay. Am I going to take this opportunity? And I don't know if I'm going to play or not or how it's going to be. Or do I want to like stay in Sweden, choose a safe choice? I know I'm going to play every game. I know the league. I know a lot of the players. But then in the end, I thought, okay, I want to be better. I want to develop myself, not only on a personal level, but also like on the pitch, obviously. And then I thought, okay. This is a really good opportunity and I will regret it if I don't take it. So, yeah, but it was definitely hard. With new country, new language, a new culture on and off the pitch. So, yeah, I actually struggled a bit the first months before I came into it. Before you went for your first mission abroad, did you ever like, did you ever get any, any requests from other teams that wanted to like recruit you? Yeah, actually, I got one from England. It was actually West Ham. And I was a bit interested because it wasn't 
as like popular as it is today, like the English league. But it still felt interesting going abroad, playing like West Ham, still like a big club. But it wasn't maybe right with timing, and I also had a contract and everything. So yeah, it didn't feel right at the moment because it was very new at the time. And yeah, what I know today, I'm I'm happy that I stayed in Damaskan. Yeah, and and that actually brings me to. Uh, another question because you said it wasn't right with timing with that. Um, do you ever feel like mm-hmm. do you stop and reflect and be like, I'm happy I didn't go too early? Cause some people go too early to other clubs and then they stop in their development. Did you ever stop and think about, I'm glad that I took the decision when I did that? Yeah. I don't know if I w- was ready for that kind of adventure then. Uh, so. Yeah, I would say I'm I'm happy I waited a little longer actually. Yeah. And then you went from PSG to Bayern where you're playing currently. Mm-hmm. What are the biggest differences in playing for for Bayern versus PSG versus Sweden? Um I would say like from Sweden it's very different. It's more like a different kind of defending I feel here. When I came For example, to Paris, it was very like man oriented and, and actually the opposite to in Sweden where you really defend as a whole team and you don't look at the players. You have your kind of zone. And, and then of course, when a player comes in, then you defend, but usually this man oriented like football that was very new to me in the beginning. And I feel like it's a bit more like Bayern. It's in between. It's a bit more tactical than it was like in, in France, but still very man orientated. Also, it's another focus. Um, I feel like they're more result orientated in both France and Germany. It's more like, okay, they don't look so much maybe at the decisions you're taking, more like the outcome from it. And also maybe their coaching style is more direct can come maybe a bit harsh when you're like a Swede, but they're more direct and honest with you. It's not like, uh, okay, that was a good idea. You can take the next one. It's more like, it's too bad. You have to do better. Even in the beginning, like when I came to Paris, it was like a major, <laughs> like a culture shock. Yeah. A culture shock, I would say. So I was like, whoa, what is this? Because it was completely different from what I was used to <laughs> from day to day basis. So, but I had uh, a lot of experience when I went to Bayern and it was a bit better maybe than in France, maybe a more explanation and more encouraging here. So maybe like, I feel like Germany is maybe in between like France and Sweden. So a little bit of both, a little bit of both in, in Bayern, I would say. So do you feel more at home in Germany considering it's more close to Sweden or with like culture and stuff? Yeah, actually I do. And As you said, like it's more close to to Sweden, not only like on the pitch, but also off the pitch, just the culture, how they are as people and everything. It's more alike to us Swedes. They also stand five feet apart from each other on the bus stop. (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) Like they're really like strict or disciplined when it comes to rules. They really do obey them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which can also be good sometimes. And, and and speaking of Germany, you joined Bayern and you very quickly became recognized as one of the best right 
fullbacks in the world. Uh, how did you find yourself settling into the team style of play? Uh, I felt it went pretty fast and I maybe took just a couple of weeks and I felt home directly with the team where they were really welcoming and also the style of play. They really want the fullbacks high up, delivering crosses and they want to have a possession kind of style of play. And that allows also me as a fullback to come higher up in the pitch and be a part of the offensive attacking. So, yeah, I loved it uh, to to be able, because, of course, I'm a fullback, I'm a defender, but nothing beats to come up high up in the pitch and be a part of the attacking. We're also going to talk about ACL injuries. You've had three of them. Tell us about that. Yeah, I was only 17 years old when I got my first one. Uh, had surgery and went back. Was in a really great shape. I was really close to to the A national team, like the women's national team. Uh, but then at the best form of my life, I toured again, <laughs> like two years later when I was 20. Pretty much sucked. and But even though I got back from that one, managed to do a really good season. Also was in the, the best shape of my life. And I also got the call up to the women's national team. And I was so happy and so proud. It was really like a dream come true. And then only a week before the camp, boom, <laughs> hit me again for the third time. So yeah, I, it was tough, especially the, like the last one, like all of them were tough, but the, the last one were the hardest one, um, especially like mentally knowing what I have to go through again and also being so close to one of your life goals or dream. That was, that was really hard actually. And one of the toughest like times of my career. And how, I mean, you talked a little bit about it, uh, it being tough and how, how tough is it? How is it to come back from such an extensive injury? The first time you don't really know what, what to expect. And then the second time you're like, Oh, I've already done this. I know what's going to happen. And then a third time it hits you and you're like, <laughs> shit, I'm going to have to do it a third time. If you can go in a little bit deeper, for example, did you ever feel like I'm, I'm just going to give up right now? Like I can't do this one more time. Um, yeah, obviously those thoughts came to my head, um, but very short. It was for a short amount of time, maybe only the first days. But just because of that call up uh, to the women's national team, it motivated me so much because I felt I had so much more to show. Like I wasn't even close to my highest like level and I had so much more to show like the world of how good I could be. And that's what kind of drove me and motivated me through the entire like rehab. And yeah, uh, that's <laughs> like, that's the reason why I'm at this position where I am today. Yeah. And ACL injuries are super common in women's football. I mean, Dama Svenskan, for example, they had a lot of cases last season. Um, given how many placer, players are getting uh, ACL or knee injuries. Um, do you think that UEFA or FIFA should be funding more studies into causes of knee injuries in women's and find ways to help present, uh, prevent them? Um, yeah, also this is a, a tough, uh, 
theme to discuss and been also like thinking about it a lot and talking with my like um physio performance uh like okay what could be the reasons and so on and so on but it's so hard to know and there's also been been going on a lot of studies but obviously can always you can always do more but it's hard sometimes to prevent sometimes it's just bad luck but sometimes it could be like two times for me um i was really really tired in my head been playing a lot and then you know the nerve connection between your brain and your body doesn't function as well as when you have when you don't feel tired so this fatigueness uh could be like a big reason in for me in my case but it doesn't have to be that for everybody but it's hard to point out okay women have this and this so i don't know but of course i w- i would appreciate also a bit more thorough studies that could help are you ever scared of it happening again i wouldn't say scared but i'm more aware kind of like if i'm tired that maybe okay take it a bit easier or like really be open and talk to my coach and say okay like i'm really tired today i won't maybe be able to train because i don't feel good or whatever so i'm also really trying to be really cautious with sleep and food because i know those two things are also really important and also in combination with fatigueness that's that you can't be so tired in your head when you are training really hard or playing we're going to leave the ACL injuries and we're going to go back to being a fullback um and you, you <laughs> and cool. you said you really like you like going up playing high on the field so so why did you why did you become a fullback yeah that's a good question no actually i started off as a central midfielder when i was young and play there till maybe i was 15 16 something then i also played a bit center back and then i switched from center mid center back also with the youth national teams up in there maybe till i was 19 years old and then just a, a training camp with the national team they just played me a game as a, a right fullback and it went pretty good and then also my coach at my club he was like okay maybe we try there and that's just kind of how it how it happened so it was pretty late i started to play as a fullback and even though you started late we must ask <laughs> who is the best fullback in the world well um i'm not going to be swedish i'm going to say it's me <laughs> it's me right now yeah Woo! and i'm going to say it with proudness too <laughs> can can we say it louder for the people in the back <laughs> I am the best fullback in the world right now. We usually ask every player on the podcast these questions. So, as a pro player, how much of a football nerd are you? Would you say yourself? I would actually rate myself as a pretty big football nerd. <laughs> I love to watch football and I'm so happy now when so many of the women's game are available to watch now. That makes me even more nerd. <laughs> and my boyfriend is like, "Are you watching another game today too?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but are you are you just able to watch it without, you know, analyze every single move or event that's happening on the pitch? I mean, I, since I started this course that I'm taking, that I'm finished, I I can't watch it. I feel like 
I have to. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to do something about myself because this is this is not good for my health. No. Um. Yeah. Like normally, I can. It depends. Like in which kind of mood I am. I might just want to chill and enjoy the game. Then yeah, but. Of course, it's hard because you know so much, like tactically and like with the the kind of decisions they are making. And then you kind of question that or, okay, was that a good one? Why are they doing that? Why are they playing with like a four back, three back or whatever? So, yeah, but I still feel like I can switch between like being on, like really analyzing and off, like just enjoying the game. So how do you watch? Tell us now, uh, how do you watch a game where you know that you're going to play one of the two teams playing that's kind of interesting because i try to see like okay what are they what are they from like what kind of formation do they have is it a three back four back okay how do they act do they normally want to play from the central defenders to the midfielders and from that kind of like from them build a play or do they want to use like their wings a lot Or like, how is, how are they movement? Do they want to play the long balls or do they want to find the spaces like between the, the midfield and the defenders? So I'm also trying to especially look at, okay, which kind of attacker is playing on my side? What is her pattern? Does she have a right foot, left foot? Does she go to in the deep or she want to dribble or just combinate? So it's, it's a lot of things I'm actually watching, but trying to to take in the information that's most necessary for me so like usually i'm mostly looking at the the opponent that i'm i'm going to face yeah and we we've already established that you're a fullback but i think it's kind of interesting to know how uh, individuals describe their roles on the pitch so how would you describe your role and position as a fullback for you with your own words <laughs> Well, um, as a fullback, like my main goal is to prevent goals from happening. So try to keep the zero. That's like a really good thing for me. But then also, uh, I really want to be able to participate in the attacking and it's getting more important for teams, like with different kind of fullbacks than it was maybe before. So be able to be a part of the build up play. But also like in the last third to be able to provide like crosses or like key passes. So help or maybe score a goal myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it, it has been quite a debate around fullbacks lately about the, the actual role because it's changing uh, and you have to manage a lot of, yeah. of attributes uh, playing as a fullback. Do you think that the role as a fullback since you uh, took it on? have changed yeah i feel like it's changed a lot sometimes in some games i'm almost playing as a winger too like a, an attacker and i've been really trying to work on like my what should i say like um, the last phase like the last third of the pitch with as i told you like the last pass or maybe let's say like uh, the pass to an assist or also to be able to finish on my own when i have the opportunity So yeah. yeah, we've seen that. <laughs> yeah, so you know, it's been a lot different before. It was mostly to defend and stay like with the the central defenders, but now it's so much more flexible. Some teams also play with their fullbacks 
which we also can do from some games. Okay, with a bit inside, like almost like a midfielder, and then is the winger outside. So, yeah, I feel like it's it's a lot to to take in and adapt, but it's also what makes it so fun to play in that position. Yeah, and we've already talked a little bit about this, uh, but uh, I mean, I look at at the way you know fans and journalists and and all of us that really watches the game that we we take on some kind of analysis role or analysis role we want to be perfect analysis of uh, of after watching a football game but what is your relationship to football analysis and and i mean it's a part of the women's games way to develop as well how do you see that mm. Yeah, I've been through, or I've been having really good analysts, but also we've been working with really bad analysts too. <laughs> so for me, it's kind of a mixed emotion, but because I know like how good it can be with a good analysts and that really sees like good details and that's not everything. It's black and white. Like sometimes when you read a newspaper, They love to have like, oh, she's the hero. She's the best. Or like, oh, she made an own goal. She's the worst. It's so black and white. It's not kind of gray. And for me, football is mostly gray because it's not only, okay, why didn't she do that? But normally it could be so many other things too. It doesn't have to be only one solution for this like mistake or fault. It could be like that. It could also be like that, but that, but then you maybe are dependent on your team players Okay, but they also have to do this maybe to open up your space even more or to be able to do that. And that's kind of uh, an amazing example is the analysts that we have like in the national team right now. Uh, Anders Eriksson, he is so good and he's also kind of developing my way of looking at football and to analyze the game. Uh, because I can be also be a little black and white against myself. <laughs> so it's good to have in my head when I'm like analyzing, analyzing my own game. But also I've been through some analysts that, you know, in the clubs that, okay, this is a bad pass. Okay. Yeah. But what does that tell me? Doesn't help me to develop. What should I do? I, when I analyze the game, I want to improve. I want to be better. And then I want to have help to develop myself and to be better. And that's kind of what I want from a good analyst. Black and white people like that uh, in their minds, they should read my course. <laughs> They should take it because I feel like a lot of things, what you're saying, it, it's what I'm oh. getting teached from. Okay. Yeah. It's good. Good to know that it's, yeah, it's right. <laughs> But in what way do you think your performance on the pitch is affected looking at how much information analysis you have getting uh, onto the pitch before a game? Um, for me, like it helps me a lot actually, because then I know, okay, the opponent want to do this. Maybe they want to play, they often play a diagonal ball. They trying to play over me. Then I'm prepared for it. Okay. When this center back has the ball, she normally want to play the diagonal ball. Then I'm already prepared for it and can also adjust my position to be able to maybe intercept that pass or something. And also, Okay, which kind of spaces do they want to find? Can we close them down? How do we close them down? How should we handle if they overload like these kind of spaces? How do we handle that? But also for me, because normally I get a lot of one-week ones against the other teams like attackers. 
And also, okay, what kind of behavior does she have? Is she right foot, left footed? Does she like to drive in? Does she have a really good shot? Does she want to combine with other players or like what is her weakness? Is she defending good or maybe there's space behind her for me to go into? So it, for me, I feel like it helps a lot. And as I told you before, <laughs> yeah, or in the article, like it's like a chess game, but I kind of know the moves they want to make so I can make my moves after that. You're going for their weaknesses. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can to kind use of your strength. Exactly. <laughs> See, I'm learning this now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, uh, I mean, but from the position you play, mm-hmm. every player doesn't have to have all the information about on an opponent. But from the posi- position you play, what information do you think is the most important that can affect your role, good or bad, uh, and your performance? Do you, do you think is the most important for you to, to get from the analysis or coach? Um, mainly, uh, maybe their like intention of playing, like the spaces, as I told you, like the spaces they want to find, uh, and which key players they have or which kind of behaviors do they have. And also most of all, like the, the uh, opponent I'm playing against, like that player, what is her strengths or weaknesses that I can like um, learn from and maybe, okay, I have to do this or maybe I can use the space that's opening up behind her or maybe she's staying pretty low. Okay. Can I do something to get her higher up? So I open up more space from, for my teammates. So yeah, mainly like, okay, this is the kind of style they have of playing. Like do they stay low, high, pressure high, low, and then mostly also, yeah, my direct opponent. I mean, we have to talk about this because I'm I'm seeing a lot in social media statistics. We have it's. Mm. I'm thinking it's some kind of statistics uh, pandemic going on. so, and I know <laughs> I, I kind of picked up on something when I spoke to you the last time uh, about instant football. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what you think about just getting a report of quantitative statistics after you've played a game. What does that tell you about your performance? Well, it doesn't tell me that much, actually, because um, some games I can feel like, wow, I was really good this game and then I get the the numbers and it tells me okay that maybe it wasn't that good or maybe I don't even know what all the numbers is or for an example let's say instat because we have that right now with my team and I also been having that I think yeah the last seven eight years I don't know and they say like oh you lost so many duels and then when I saw the duels it was like that's not even a duel that's just like I don't even know what what you could call that or like that's a bad pass uh, that wasn't a pass that was like a clearance <laughs> it was my intention <laughs> of passing the ball but whatever yeah. so sometimes they uh, I don't know it doesn't tell me that much then I rather want to see okay maybe let's say okay Hannah you had a really bad passing accuracy this game okay but why was that um I really 
I like, I prefer actually to have some video to it and maybe to talk to the, to the coach or the analysts at the same time. Okay. This means that. And if you see on this kind of videos, then you see that that's because of that, because you had a bad touch. Maybe your body positioning was not that good this game or whatever. So just, um, been given, um, a piece of paper doesn't help me that much. Then. Of course, some numbers are good to know, but I don't need to know all the numbers. I just need to know the important numbers, maybe that I can learn from and to improve to the next game. And then also I would love to have it uh, together with video so I can also see for myself the situations. So we'll go on to the questions from our listeners. Uh, There's plenty of them this time, and we are very happy that people engage we hope you are too when you are going to have these questions. Are you working on the tactical aspects in the same amount of time you are spending on your physics strength and or the technical parts in your game? Oh, that's a good question. Um, maybe not as much, but I still work on it a lot. Like I think about things a lot and yeah, I, I like to think and... I can go like <laughs> just like cooking and then I think about like things from the training or okay, they are playing like that. Maybe I could do that or maybe I could do like that. So I will still say I spend a lot of time or like watching the games afterwards, but maybe not as much because I train every day and I train a lot and I know that keeping my or maintaining my physical or improving that it's really important. But yeah, I still think it's an important part. But I wouldn't say I spend the same amount of time. Uh, which players or player have you found the hardest to defend against and why? I would say, actually, when I played in Paris against Katoto and Diani, um, the two strikers, or like Diani is more of a winger, but they were like physically so strong. They were also so fast and had amazing technique. So those two, like for me, they were like two uh, complete players. And then it's really hard to do because they are hard to defend them because they are so good at almost everything. Who do you find yourself most similar to in playing style in your position? Ooh, that was a tough one. Maybe a little Ashley Lawrence then, I would say, because I know her also really good, but yeah, I would say I'm a bit similar to her. And in, in which ways are you guys similar, would you say? Yeah, I would say we're both really strong, like uh, defensively uh, to win our 1v1s. Uh, also, we both love to go forward and also have a really good passing game. Also, really good with the crosses and, and the link-ups and both really fast and, and run a lot. Awesome. And we're going to go into another question. If Sweden makes it to the World Cup in 2023 in Australia and New Zealand, what do you think you have to do to win the World Cup? Um, and who will be the hardest to beat? Oh, um, well, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. We have to stay solid defensively as we've been doing the last years, but also keep improving our offensive a bit. Uh, we've been struggling now against oh, the weaker team to score some goals to be able maybe in the last third to develop that part and also our 
like ball position part to be able to to keep the ball a bit longer. I'm gonna tell my tell Peter that so he knows <laughs> how we're gonna win. Uh, no, uh, just kidding. Uh, I think Spain is gonna be a team. I, when you see like Barcelona now, it's like almost the whole Spanish <laughs> squad, and they are really good at the moment. So they are they are still very young, but give them a year or two, and maybe they will be really good. It feels like everyone's expecting them to do some some good, great things during the Euros as well. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> Um, yeah, but does it kind of like? Do you think about like mm-hmm. when you, I'm going to say when you get out of the group that you might be facing Spain? Is it like, oh, we're going to have to tackle them? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a challenge uh, because they have so many good players and also a really good team. Uh, but I'm excited. Uh, I watched a bit when they played the Netherlands uh, in a. I think it was a friendly game, and they were really good then. And also, my teammate uh, Birenstein. Uh, that played against them she was like whoa they were really good so yeah uh, it's gonna be a tough one so i hope we don't face them until the final (laughs) who if any is your favorite wsl side i have uh, a lot of teams that are interesting and my boyfriend is cheering for arsenal so sometimes I'm supporting him, like also cheering on them. But just because they have so many sweets uh, in this team, I have to say Chelsea. So I watch a lot of games with them and I think it's fun. And they're also playing really good. So for me, it's really fun to to watch them play. What are your aims on a personal level this season? I obviously want to do better than last season, improve, be able to contribute even more to the team, both defensively and also offensively, and also help the team uh, to win the league and maybe even more trophies. It would be definitely a dream come true if I could be able to win the Champions League or the, the Cup here in Germany. I think Wolfsburg been winning it the last seven, eight years. I don't even know how many years it's been. So it'd be also be cool to to break their streak in the cup. Uh, but also amazing um, tournament with the Euros this summer. Would also be fun to be able to participate in that and also to have a medal from there. And maybe this time one in gold. <laughs> Would be nice. I mean, I feel like this question is more suitable after your answer now. So, Amanda, I'm going to take this one. How did you feel after winning the Frauen Bundesliga? Well, that was that was actually amazing. It was so cool, and it was also my first league title. And also, I felt like we kind of wrote a bit of history because Wolfsburg were winning like the last years, and we kind of break the curse. And also coming from PSG, that was also the always the second place, the runner-up. It was really good to be on the top for once. So yeah, that's one of my biggest achievements in my career so far. What type of wingers are harder to mark? Those that are rapid and go in behind? Or those who might not be as fast but have quick feet and can dribble 1v1 very, very easily? Oh, um, for me, it's like different kind of hearts. Um, it's harder because you have to be more on your toes maybe, or they usually run more, the, the faster that <laughs> wingers that's running behind. But I feel normally that they can maybe be easier to defend against because even though 
maybe it's not as hard like physically against more technical players. It's harder because they just are quicker and more technical. So I have to go with the more technical players. Then. And this question is about the Olympics in Japan. Uh, these Olympic Games were your first. How would you describe the experience of participating in one of the most important tournaments, if not the most important in the world? Uh, that was such an amazing honor, just because I also know how hard it is to qualify into the Olympics in women's football. So I actually enjoyed every moment and it was like a kind of fair tale, but not with the, the good ending, <laughs> with the bad ending. <laughs> But no, I actually, I just embraced the moment, even though it was Corona, I didn't care. It was the Olympics and it was amazing. And even though we lost in the final to bring home an Olympic medal, I, I'm still a bit disappointed, but still, even though I'm proud of it, because yeah, it's the Olympics. It was so cool. I, I really enjoyed it. I feel like with with this year's Olympics as well, it felt like the whole of Sweden really had your back. And I haven't seen that kind of people being so passionate about it before women's football. And you guys really gathered the nation. And I know like I follow women's football, but I was sitting in a chair. And as soon as as soon as, you know, Canada, you know, when they hit their their penalty, I, I honestly I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I started crying. <laughs> I was crying. I was like, I can't believe it. They're going to be so sad. And my mom comes in and she looks at me and she goes, Amanda, it's just football. It's just a football game. I look at her like this and I'm like, do you want to die today or do you want to die tomorrow? Like pick, pick, pick your, like choose. No. When do you want to die? <laughs> yeah. If you've seen Ted Lasso, football is life. Football, football is love. Football is life. That's what they say. And Ted Lasso. So that's where I'm at. And I was just sitting yeah. there and I was devastated. Obviously. So I'm kind of happy I didn't work that day because that would have been awful. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. Uh, Magdalena Eriksson, she described you and she talked about a game. I think this is the one that the fans is implying about where you scored against Chelsea, right? Mm-hmm. We would love to hear about that performance against Chelsea and how the balance of threat changed across the two legs. The first leg, I think we kind of surprised Chelsea by playing with a three back uh, with or like five back. It's just a game with numbers, but with three central defenders, uh, they I don't think they expected that kind of. And they were a bit shocked and you kind of noticed that they were like, okay, how do we handle that? You saw the players were talking to the coach and, and it gave us a lot of energy. We felt really solid and strong. And then... We were able to uh, get a goal also. And yeah, it just felt good. And we played like a solid game. And then I felt like also in the... We were a bit unlucky with their goal, actually. That was a really weird goal. I don't think I've seen that kind of goal, actually. It was, And when I looked at it afterwards, I was like, what is this, really? Um, but then, I don't know, I felt like we still had it, had kind of the game had the momentum and then it was so awesome. I talked about like a lot about it or thought about it in halftime, like, okay, I have to go more up. I have to go higher. And then also in that kind of situation to be able to score a goal, uh, that was just amazing. And also that secured the win, like in the first game, 
uh, was unbelievable feeling. Um, but we also kind of knew that, okay, we won this game, but this is a two game leg. So yeah, I don't know. We kind of changed uh, a lot of in the tactics and that, yeah. When you know the kind of result and how the game ended up being, um, maybe it wasn't maybe the right tactical. It's also hard to tell. I think Chelsea also made a few changes and they were a lot more aggressive. And yeah, you kind of noticed that they really wanted revenge from the last game. So yeah, uh, a bit disappointed how, how it all ended up because we were also really close at the end. <laughs> Just Magda's feet or something that was in the way. <laughs> goal <laughs> still blaming her no kidding um no i think they were the better team the second game and they deserved to win to to go in the final but i feel like we kind of had it in our own hands with the first win but we kind of lost it so because we didn't perform as good as the first leg next question what is the general feeling in the swedish camp about the euros next summer and do you think you can go all the way? Uh, we're all very excited because we kind of have the feeling that this is going to be a huge tournament for women's football. And you can already see like how many tickets that has been sold. And also after the World Cup um, last season in France, like how big it was before Corona. So uh, we are just super excited uh, and we're really looking forward to it because we also have an amazing national team and an amazing squad. And I definitely believe we have all the qualities to be able to, to get the gold medal, but it's going to be really, really hard. And we also really have to be at our top, uh, to be able to do that. And how, how hard is it? Is it difficult to, to be on top physically and mentally? Um, and recharge between those, um, those big tournaments coming up. Like you had the Olympics last year or this year. Um, and then you have the Euros and then the World Cup's coming up 2023. Is it hard to like, how is it to kind of start over? It's actually okay. Like it's a whole, like a com- almost a year, uh, in between. So you have enough time and, and everything and you focus on your club team as well. So. For me, that's not a problem at all. And I feel like one thing that this, I don't know why, but we, <laughs> we Swedes are really good when it comes to like tournaments. We've been, as you see, historically really strong, even though maybe we haven't been performing so good in between or ups and downs. But when it comes to tournaments, it's just something like we are so good at bringing out the best when it's needed the most. And that's also a strength that we know that we have. So. These next three questions, I'm going to reveal this now because this is from your biggest fan in Ooh. India. And he's a football wow. analyst. He really, he really loves you. I can, I know okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was so excited <laughs> to hear that you were going to be the next guest. Okay. Uh, and, and he, he wants to ask you, you play with, with uh, Sofia mm-hmm. Jakobsson uh, in the national team and you have a really good understanding and dynamic with her. How enticing is the prospect of playing with her for your club as well? And how important is the understanding between the winger and the fullback? Um, it's actually really cool and it's also a really good opportunity to get to know her even better because when you're with the national team, it's such short of time. Uh, so now it's on a complete different level and that I think it could really develop our, 
cooperation in the games. Yeah. What was his second question? Now I'm kind of forgot that one. <laughs> How important is the understanding between the winger and the fullback? It's actually really important because you kind of help each other out to give each other spaces and you can also use uh, each other and be able to go in forward or to defend. It's really, for an example, important for me as a defender in to talk a lot in defense with my winger. So she covering, she's covering the right spaces or when she can go into pressure or when she has to stay. Also, when we're going forward that maybe I can put her like in good positions, attacking positions also. So she can maybe come in to open up for me on the side. Maybe I can go in to open up even more for her on the side. So for me, that's a really important relationship on the pitch. With the increase in the number of games and physical demands, how important is your physical recovery after games, and how do you manage fati- how do you manage fatigue? And we've talked a little bit about this. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard, like especially mentally. Physically, I think it's no problem at all. It's just really important to sleep a lot and eat a lot. Uh, that's maybe the two most important things for me as a player. But it's more mentally, like you really have to relax because you give so much and of yourself in the games. So it's more like just to relax and I don't know, you have to find your own thing. Maybe it's could be studying some German, <laughs> for an example, or I don't know, just spend some time with friends doing some something completely different from football. So recording a podcast, recording a podcast can also be <laughs> an option. So I know you have to find your thing, but just to be able to get the rest mentally, I feel that's maybe the hardest, not so much physically. What are some different instructions you've had when playing for different setups in PSG, Bayern and Sweden, given how flexible the fullback role is? Well, it doesn't change so much. Maybe it's just my uh, positioning from the beginning of the build-up play. Sometimes I'm supposed to be higher up, maybe above the, the midfielder line, but sometimes I'm supposed to start maybe a bit lower depending on like how they are defending or how they are pressuring but for me it's mostly being flexible and being present in the games that I have to myself read okay where are the spaces right now how are they defending do I have to come and help my central defender more or have I the space to go more forward so I would say it's not so big difference like in between all the three teams that I've been playing. It's pretty kind of the same things. And I'm just trying to be myself as a player and it also kind of allows me to be. And as I told you, I just have to be present and just see what kind of spaces or what kind of decisions are available for me this game. Because it can also change so much from game to game. Even though we say, okay, I want to do a lot of uh, like uh, progressive runs or I don't know, come higher up in the pitch. Maybe this kind of game doesn't allow me to do that. And then I just have to accept that it is like that in this game. And yeah, just be able to read, uh, read the game and take it from there. And the last question from 
um, a listener. That person wants to know, in which tactical aspect do you feel like you've grown the most over your career? I don't know, because I feel like I developed a lot in Sweden just before I left uh, for playing abroad for Paris. Uh, so I don't know. I just like to have the ball a lot and be able to participate as much as I can. But obviously, yes, when you play with Bayern, that we have so much possession. It's also giving me space and time to do that. And also to develop like the last phase of my game, as I told you, with crosses and, and key passes and, and finishes. So maybe I would have to say then in Bayern and the way we are playing there. So, so that wraps up the, the questions from you guys. And Hannah, we're going to move on to a little rapid questions, rapid fire, this or that. Um, so we want you to kind of follow your intuition and just answer without reflecting. Okay, I'll do my best because I love to reflect. All right. Um, a good slide tackle or intercepting a pass that is about to break the lines. Uh, intercepting the pass. Dribbling your way out of the first line of pressure on your own or play out of it with perfect one-touch passes together with a teammate. I would say play out of it with a teammate. Coming on from the bench in a mediocre game to make an impact to get the win or be in the starting lineup. Um... I want to get the win, so I'll start from the bench then. Causing a tactical foul for the opponents or taking one yourself for the team to stop a counterattack. Taking one for myself. And last one, making a perfect cross to assist a teammate to score or scoring one yourself. I'm full back. Yeah, it's a cross. It's an assist. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I do. Stressing you right there, starting the countdown. Yeah, I was a bit, do I love that hard. Yeah, it was hard because I... I rarely, I rarely score. So when I do score, it's like amazing too. That being said, next time you score an assist, I want to see you celebrate way more than if you score your own goal. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to live up to that. <laughs> Just start with the backflips. I'll be like celebrating more than the goal score. <laughs> She's going to be like, what? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> That would be really fun. Um, and guys, that wraps up this episode with Hanak Das. Thank you for coming and we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had an amazing time with you guys.